Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift for the Giro d'Italia Stage 6 recap. One of the slowest stages uh, you'll ever see. Maybe you haven't seen it and we did that. We carried that burden for you. That's why we're here to watch these stages with one eye open so you don't have to sometimes. 192Ks, it had an early climb at the start and then some lighter climbs that weren't even categorized in the last third, but it's a flat sprint running, open roads, not too many important turns in the last 800 meters or so. Uh, we've got Cavendish here, Ewan, and Demar Binium's had not had a clear run in a sprint yet. Vanderpool, will he contest? He got nearly crashed out yesterday, which is what people have said is why he didn't contest the sprint. But before we get into the action or lack thereof, mentioned that this show, the LRCP, is presented by Zwift. If you're watching one of these stages and you're not on Zwift, then I don't know what you're doing. It's what I did today and it got me through this stage. It's the cycling app that makes training fun or just pedaling along, keeping on top of your fitness goals fun, whether you're just trying to get a bit stronger on the bike or preparing for more serious racing. There's something on Swift for everybody to help you get fitter and have more fun on the bike. If you want to check it out, you can go to Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial through the link in the description down below no break benji for a while until one man sacrificed himself for the greater good diego rosa yeah diego rosa is the man himself the mvp of the day basically he decided to make some action happen in the initial like 95 percent of today's stage there were some jokes at the start of the stage because if there's no breakaway forming there's some riders that want to have some fun like a magnus called nielsen that decided to do a fake attack a pascal Encorn and a balka molama doing the same thing but we came to the start of that bigger climb at the start of today's stage and that's when Diego Rosa decided okay let's try and get some exposure for our team and at a certain point I swear that two or three Androni drone hopper riders were riding in a second group on three minutes of Diego Rosa but I didn't see it and then suddenly they were caught again so no exposure from my eyes from their point onwards nonetheless in the peloton no action really just controlling the uh Diego Rosa tempo and I'm afraid that's basically all the action you're going to be getting until we get to the last part of this day which is actually quite sad because this must have been the longest viewing experience I can remember outside of Milano San Remo am I wrong it was pretty bad and like because I well I misread it again I thought the day before it would be a quiet sprint stage they lit up the climb today I thought oh they're being aggressive for Binium and MVDP are they going to try something on the climb nope nothing happened and so after that happened though I don't mind 150k's left I don't mind I think the worst thing is when you're under an illusion that something might happen. I knew nothing was happening until 10Ks to go, so you can switch off, move on with your life, whatever. Uh, it's worse when there's a little climb at the end, they do nothing, and you think something might happen in the middle of the stage. I think 
Bardiani not going in breaks, Androni discouraged from going in breaks. The combativity vote's been controversial. They've done it on Twitter, and I'm not sure if they're still doing that, the Giro d'Italia. They are. They still are? Okay. The suicide breaks, we might meme on them. They actually serve an essential function, which is getting these stages done and over with. Because if it's one guy, they average 37 Ks an hour on the flat, everyone doing like 120 watts. It's like they ran so slow behind schedule. Whereas when there's like four guys working in a break, then it's like 40, 42 K in our average. And it gets the stage actually done at 5.15 instead of 40 minutes late. So that's a problem. That's why these teams get wildcard invitations is to get exp- you know in the breaks for exposure and they haven't consistently wanted to. So I don't know, Benji, what needs to change? More intermediate sprints, more money for combativity or the breakaway prize? I think Bardiana needs to be banned from the Giro for five years as a consequence of their actions because I haven't seen them at all in the last few days. And I was like, okay, if I don't see a pro Conti team in the first week of a Grand Tour, then you probably don't deserve to be here. Sure, Filippo Zana might show himself in the mountain stages to come. So let's hope they do something because right now they haven't offered anything to the race. And I think if uh, Uno X was invited, for example, uh, a team that is not necessarily selected because of politics, but because of sports merit, then we would have seen them before. And that's unfortunately not the case with some of the teams that were invited to this race. But hey, after that, we are looking forward to the sprint, which could offer something because Ewan hasn't had his uh, train workout in the stage before. Cavendish's train is looking very strong, but then when it comes to his climbing, it wasn't perfect. Today's stage wouldn't really need that aspect of it, so he would be playing a role for the stage win once again. Demar showed pretty strong sprint yesterday, and when I saw that their train was moving to the front, like, let's say the last, like, 10-ish, 7-ish kilometers, Diego Rosa being caught, the trains are all over the road, next to each other, lining up, and I see that Demar's behind Guarnieri, and Guarnieri's behind Sinkeldam. Would you have expected them to change it after the actions of, like, Sinkeldam yesterday? No, still stay with Guarnieri. I think FDJ have the best train in this race. I think Quickstep have the best lead-out man in Merku, but overall do not have the best train. Ewan and Lotto went for a different strategy today. But yeah, I think Scott's and Sinkledam Guarnieri is the best in this race. And DeMar, as I've said many times so far this year, he showed flashes on before this race. He is looking better than uh, most of last year until Paris Tour and looking just generally faster as well. And his climbing's better. So he was in Chiclamino. We, I said in the Cavendish throwback video I did the other day, we rarely see huge six-man trains dotted across the road. Well, today we did from 15Ks out. And Lotto, I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't tell you so, but I did a full analysis video of Zelig and Schwarzman and how they were actually the problem for Ackerman at Bora Hansgrohe partially last year. They're now using Schwarzman, I think, um, to do like fourth, fifth, last man duties, which is not why he would have been signed. Um and so, yeah, that's just something to notice for Lotto as well as Kluger earlier. So, yeah. I do want to add that. I feel like when I looked at today's stage and I specifically looked at Lotto Sudal at the end of today's stage to see what are they going to try differently compared to the stuff they've done in the last week. And I found it so intriguing that in the last five kilometers, the riders started thinning down a lot. They started focusing on keeping their train at the front, spending a lot of energy to keep Ewan at the front. 
and therefore having only like two riders left for the final three to two kilometers. And I think the strategy was different compared to the previous sprint stage. I think the previous sprint stages, they tried to actually form a train that brought you in forward themselves. And today, the specific goal for Lotto Sudel seemed to be that those last two people were the two riders that should bring Caleb Ewan to the wheel of Mark Cavendish, because that's exactly what happened for Lotto Sudel today. They brought Caleb Ewan to the wheel of Mark Cavendish, and then those two riders stayed around Caleb Ewan, just in case if he lost the wheel, that he would be able to get back to that wheel again. And I found that, honestly, it's kind of what we said that should happen. The piloting, piloting him into a good position, a valuable position. We know that Cavendish's wheel is likely going to be a pretty good position in a mass sprint in, uh, with Merco in his wheel. Uh, well, ahead of Cavendish's wheel, I dare to say. And yeah, that seemed to be a, a good strategy from what I could see. Do you think you agree with that or do you think that they made mistakes in that part? No, 100% way better. I'm surprised they went away from it. In UAE Tour 2021, they fucked up the lead out, I think, on three occasions. And then they went with Kluger putting Cavendish on Bennett's wheel, then on Quick Step, and did so. You and absolutely cleaned up that final sprint UAE Tour Stage 7 2021. Go and check out that video and see the same strategy of that as today. They completely changed it. And full credit to them. They're like, our lead out's not good enough. We cannot get four guys at 1,500, line it out, second last man 700, last man 350, 400, and then launch you in. We can't do it. So what can we do? And let's go for the best lead out man in the business, put you in, use him as Ewan's lead lead out man, work great. FDJ were in good position. They used Israel's work. Israel, I don't know if they can't do basic mathematics, but for two to two and a half years, they have been lining up about 500 meters too early and then getting swarmed in sprints. It's like they go into the Flamme Rouge with their second last man already about to blow up. I'm like, what are you doing? Like It's been said by not just me, many people. They get swarmed by FDJ and then Chimelai brings up Consoni for Colfidus. Quickstep are trying to move up the right-hand side. Binny's there in the middle with Intermarche. Chimelai swings across. We'll talk about that in a second, what we think should happen. Blocks second last man, maybe Bert for Quickstep. Then Merck, who has to duck left, regather momentum, brings up Cavendish. He's got Ewan in the wheel. Gaviria's fighting Bol and DSM somewhere in the background, like a bar fight in the background. And that's <laughs> it happened perfectly for Lotto, just like they drew up. Merku does an incredible job, brings up Cav, a little bit early, did a headwind, I think. Ewan's got the perfect slipstream off him, comes out of his wheel, and then Merku tries to come off, box Damar a little bit to the barriers. Damar somehow slips out, regathers momentum, kicks into Ewan's wheel, and then comes out of his wheel super late and nails him on the line. Ewan a bit tardy with his bike throw, and this was, uh, it looks on the photo, which came through very, very late. As an Australian, do we trust it? Not sure. It looks like DeMar won uh, very narrowly, but yeah, incredible from DeMar. He takes the win and I don't know, like I think Lotto did a good job, Benji. Um, and Cav was almost delivered a little bit early. I think this is just a case of the top three guys got their chance and DeMar was too good. I agree in some effect, but I do think that Caleb Ewan was still the better sprinter compared to DeMar here. DeMar had the perfect lead out on the left. He waited perfectly, which is something that we've seen quite a lot from DeMar recently. Like last sprint stage, he also waited patiently. He was not scared of getting boxed in. He he realized, okay, this is a danger I need to take to be able to 
launch at the right time to be able to win a stage like this. And he launches, I think, if Chimulai doesn't chop the quick step train, that quick step train comes up much faster. And likely there's a there's a likelihood that Kilabun wins the stage in an easier way than what came eventually afterwards. Because uh again, that photo finishes close. I'm gonna believe it because uh I'm not Australian. So Demar has won today's stage. And I think this was just an occasion of the hindering the hindering of Chimulai towards that quick step train hindered Ewan's eventual chances of winning the stage. I think Lotto did a lot perfect today. Yeah, they don't have the perfect lead out in this race, but this was the best way to use it. And they brought him to the position necessary to compete for today's stage. He was in a competitive position. And I think that's important for Gilab Ewan because otherwise they're going to have a, in the team dynamic, like it won't be fun if never if nothing works when it comes to the lead out so this one trick knowing that he can be piloted to the right place is a good thing to know for that team for the future sprint stages but when it comes to Cavendish yeah I think it's just a case of going too early but do you think that if Chimulai doesn't chop that quick step train that they've got more riders to work with and therefore he might be able to launch later yeah I think so it definitely cost him 10 meters I disagree with Benji on the Ewan and Demar point before I get into that <laughs> mention our supporting sponsor GCN plus the LRCP Giro coverage is supported by them speaking of sprint analysis they have Robbie McEwen in the booth afterwards drawing it up giving his thoughts on what happened in the sprint you can watch every kilometer live and ad free on GCN Plus and tomorrow's stage is certainly one to tune into where I think there could be big GC action. We'll preview it at the end of this episode. But for all LRCP listeners from US, UK, Australia, Canada, Germany, you can get 25% off an annual GCN Plus subscription by heading to gcn.eu slash LRCP, which is in the description down below. And even when the Giro is finished, there's a Giro collection of documentaries on GCN Plus to keep you entertained if you haven't had enough Giro action. But I disagree with you, Benji. I think I think what Demar did was more impressive. I've been saying for like two years, if Ewan gets a clean run, no one can come out of his wheel. He's the fastest. Now, I don't know what the wind was, but that was not the case today. And I think the fact that Merku was moving over, it wasn't a shady thing, but he had to move somewhere after he closed to the barrier after his lead out. And then DeMar had to regather momentum. He's not getting much draft off Ewan and he didn't have long to come out of his wheel. Maybe maybe Ewan went too early. I agree with you on the sense that if Chimulai doesn't hinder quickstep train, Merku is 50 meters later hitting the front, 25 meters later. Who's second last? Bert. He goes a bit further. And then they just, I don't think DeMar has a chance. Um, so in that sense, he got lucky. What about the theory that it's a fact that DeMar has longer arms, that he's able to do a better bike throw, and that's why he wins today? I think if you look at the photo, isn't his back wheel behind Ewan's back wheel? Because, yeah, he's a much, much bigger guy. Uh, his bike throw is definitely better. Ewan's kind of still in the saddle too, and he was late with the throw. And DeMar, the guy coming from momentum, this is a horse racing thing as well. The horse coming from behind with the bob normally gets it. And if you're smart on Betfair as well, with the before the winner's called, you can, if you call DeMar, you can pick up a bit of change. Um, but, yeah, I think... Bar fight. Pardon? we got to talk about the bar fight. I'll do the top 10. I'll do the top 10. DeMar first, Ewan, Cav, B, 
Dinium, just not not as quick as those guys. Fourth, Nizzolo, fifth, Bauhaus, Vendrame, Consoni, Albanese, Turns, the bar fight, Benji. Which one? Well, first of all, let's talk about the first one. We've got Chumulai getting straight from ahead of his sprinter. I completely forgot which sprinter it is, Consoni probably. Swings to the right, straight into the quick step train, unnecessary and feels like somewhat of an intentional move. We've seen it before by Kofidis. I think last year, a sprint where oh, Consoni was, was doing a lead out move. for Viviani. Scumbag scum move by Consoni that day. From the left to the right, goes straight into someone and ruins their sprint. And today we see something similar which Chimulai doing that to the uh, train of Quickstep. Is that, do you think that's intentional or not? 100% intentional. Quickstep do it too. So no honor amongst, oh no, there is honor amongst thieves. But yeah, Quickstep do that. They all, you swing across because if you just want to get out of the and he, he can say, I'm just trying to get out of the way. I'm trying to not impede people directly behind me. But I think he knows where that quick step train is. And is there that need to swing that much? What Whoever did that last year that the race manager was referring to, that was a disgrace. Um, and I'm not sure what actually happened with that. But then there's Gaviria. And if you don't know the context of Gaviria at the moment, Gaviria looks slow. He got toasted in Oman, except when Cav went up the wrong line and Richese got in his way legally, in my view. But he's looked slow this year um, compared to previous years. And yesterday, he couldn't get out of the 14 chain uh, cog. And then he was complaining about his bike. And then I think he's going to be a bit desperate. Like yesterday, he really wanted to win with the big boys dropped. And he didn't get a chance to do so. So today, he was desperate, come from position. I don't really know. Well, first of all, I don't know who DSM are going for. Are they going for Dainese or Bulb? Do you know? I think they went for Danese at the previous sprint stage and set to go for KS Ball on this sprint stage because they're switching around a bit because it's clearly not working yet and therefore KS Ball was the man today. Danese was ahead of KS Ball and Gavidia basically went to the right and at that moment Danese stops his lead out and he tries to go around Danese but he also just straight up rides into KS Ball. So I don't know what you see when you when you see that move. Well, the movement is coming from Gaviria. DSM are not moving horizontally as much. I, I mainly place the blame on Gaviria. Like, Bowl is allowed to stand his ground and hold his lead-out man's wheel, and they're sort of going straight. And, yeah, Gaviria is just, he wants to go into what was an open space, mistimed it. It's kind of like Walls in Tour de Hungary yesterday. He nearly crashed when he tried to switch off Moschetti into Koi. And if he mistimes it by two seconds, he nearly crashes. Cantonelli did the same thing today, very nearly crashed in Hungary. And so, yeah, I think it's Gaviria. I mean, oh, what what to do about it? it? They got locked up and then it ruined <laughs> both their sprints. Do you relegate them? They already relegated by what they did, uh, whichever way you place blame. Do you need to sanction Gaviria? I don't, you can't boot him from the race, I don't think. They need to ride tomorrow on a unicycle the entire stage. It's it's a must. There must be something happen. or on flat tires, one way or another. If they do school Montescu on flat tires, <laughs> OTL. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's one for. What if Nasser Buani had done this? He'd be getting disqualified, right? He'd be getting a three month suspension. <laughs> Twitter would be on fire if Buani did this. But yeah, <laughs> we'll see what DSM say about it. Maybe if they kick up a fuss and they're like, you endangered us, which is kind of true, like valid complaint, uh, we might see something. But otherwise, it was a scrappy sprint. And this is what happens when it's the easiest stage of the year and then everyone comes in fresh and they're just like too many people 
everyone's trying to have a go. And um, I guess I'm trying to look for Bardiani Benji. Garburu, Gaburu came 13th, so he showed you wow. um, that why they didn't get in the break today. Anyway, tomorrow's stage is hopefully some big GC action. It may not be. It's 197Ks. It's medium mountain with uh, one of the climbs in the middle being 6Ks, 9.6%. So it's not a nailed-on GC day. It could be a break. The GC guys could be like, meh, it's not hard enough. It's too far from the finish. 60Ks from the finish, we're not going to try anything. But you can get a satellite rider on the break. There's mountains, like 9Ks, 5% to get them in early. There's another later climb. You can use your team on these steady 20-minute climbs if you're trying to punish a weaker team. So what do you think, Benji? Is it a case of break winning and GC action, GC winning, break winning, and GC doing nothing? I think there's only two scenarios. I think it's either the break doing something and the GC not caring at all. Uh, perhaps a Nibali attack at some point that doesn't go anywhere like that one stage we had last year where he attacked on the final descent for some reason and then Moscon decided to crash behind him by chasing him or was that a Tour de France? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Something like that is possible. Or there's just uh, an insane raid by Ineos on a stage like this. I'm rather uh, pessimistic about this stage. I hope that there's some crazy GC action, but I fear that it's going to be a breakaway stage, a simple breakaway stage. And I think the winner is going to be Ryan Tarame. Tarame looks good. It's also a perfect Kamna stage. The problem for him is he's so close on GC and maybe people get nervous about it. I don't know um, when they want him in the break. I think he can certainly win this stage as well from the break as well as like Villela, Rochas, Anthony Perez, you see in the breakaway. Uh, I'd like Fortunato to get in the break as well as Pedrero. Again, Ciccone and Mollema. Ah, Mollema's lost time, Benji, I believe. Hmm, yeah. That's interesting. He's good on these. Yeah, him and the Marquis both losing time. Yeah. I don't know, like, we can say they're losing time. Yeah, Mollema has lost time, but I don't think today... If you lose time today, like, the Marquis lost 21 seconds in today's stage. Like, what does that say? I don't oh, know. No, no, he's already <laughs> lost, like, six minutes, Mollema. Oh, okay. So I'm saying he'll be allowed on the break. Because he, unlike Kamna, yeah. people don't like Mollema in the break if he's on the same time in the Giro. I think they'll be like, ah, you're a bit too good. That's annoying. I think he was in a break like this with Maida last year. Maida cooked him. I think Mollema's a good chance at tomorrow's stage. But, Benji, if you're an Ineos or Bahrain DS, what would you tell the team tomorrow morning before the stage or the night if you like to plan early? Well, I'm a bit of a YOLO man myself, so I'd probably go hard or go home and just try and figure out a way to go crazy on tomorrow's stage. Figure out that, what is it? The second last proper climb, the Monte Grandi di Vigiano, 6.1k at 9.6%. That's the climb where a raid can happen, in my opinion. You can make the raise already quite hard by facing somewhat on the climbs before, but I think the break, the forming of the breakaway should already get that pot stirring a bit. So I think there's options here to open up the raise on that on that second to last climb, the second cat climb on this race. And the yeah, it's it is in total 70, 60k from the finish line, 60k. It's mainly descending and uphill. So it's not like there's like valleys where you need to control a lot. Having someone in the breakaway could help a lot as a satellite rider. I want a raid, but I don't see it happening. Ineos and Bahrain should 100% full send this stage. 100%. 
Simon Yates and Joao Almeida do not want these sort of stages. All they do is present problems and difficulties for them with their weaker teams. Now, it is better for Almeida than Etna. Uh, like you think Costa and Formolo can and Ulisi can help more on a stage like this, but maybe they can't. And bike exchange as well for Yates. So I think they've got to get riders in the break, both of them. I think Novak and Narvaez would be good men. Maybe Narvaez doesn't climb well enough. I'm not sure. And then they got a full scent. That's hard. 6K is 9.6%. That's Monte Carpeña. It's the same climb. And I'm not sure how irregular it is. Let me just check. It's got 3Ks in the middle, average 11.5%. 3Ks at 11.5%. Now, there's a Vuelta stage last year where there was a wall where no one did anything. Yumbo blocked it. That was shorter. I think they got to try. It's perfect Carapaz territory. And... You can, I think they should let the break go so you don't get the malia. But yeah, you can put a lot of pressure on those guys. And who else won't want that sort of day, Benji? Like Carthy, I don't think wants it. Um, even Movistar, Definitely Almeida, like you mentioned, but Movistar. Mm, no, they yeah, should I want think it. So. It's also perfect for Pella. Want it? Yeah, I don't know about that. No, Sosa's done. Sosa domestic. Yeah, that's true. I think Movistar should send it. I wouldn't do that if I was them. I'd react on other people's actions instead of forming the race ourselves if I was full Verde's team. I mean, he can win a reduced bunch sprint maybe against Almeida as well. Like, I think this is a really good opportunity. And we've said a lot, well, I've said a lot now, hyping it up, and there's a very good chance absolutely nothing happens, and it's Molinar against Kamner against Co. <laughs> do we see... It's probably a bit early for Guillaume Martin to get in the break as well, but I just, I just hope... It kicks off. We've had a few quiet days. They had a rest day today. And then the stage eight, I can't remember, is before Blockhouse is another medium mount sprint stage, not a GC day. And then stage nine, big GC day. Oh, yeah. I mean, remember, Benji, Ineos last year with Bernal, they kind of lit it up on these medium mountain, on Sestola, or what was the gravelly one where Remco lied about the tunnel? Oh, Campo Felice. Yeah, they. Um, it was on the final, though, that they did it. They didn't necessarily make the race harder True. initially. They did try at some point on a stage where there was an echelon section on like the middle climb on a stage. But yeah. ah, there's possibility for something here. They've got the team to do it, but do they have the guts to do it? And that's my question. I do want to add Attila Walter as a potential man for this stage, and that's a biased one, but I'll take it. From break? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, should, he should go and break. And Felix Goal and those guys, yeah, yeah, he should go on the break. Anyway, hope we're looking forward to tomorrow. It's one definitely to tune into on GCN Plus, the best place to watch the Giro d'Italia worldwide, excluding New Zealand. Benji, I'm going to try and convince. We'll do a double Zwift session. We're going to use the meetup functionality after this episode. Yeah, I haven't told him about it. And I've just told him then, so I put him on the spot now that we're going to do that. I like that meetup functionality. I use it all the time on Zwift. Thanks to them for supporting or being the presenting sponsor of LRCP, and we'll see you with the recap tomorrow. Ciao.